Hey there, Multiamory listener. Thank you so much for being here with us. If you are new here, welcome. We're so happy to have you. And if you're a longtime listener, welcome back. We're also so happy to have you here. <laughs> yeah, so we've put together this group of Fundamentals episodes that are episodes that we often reference in other episodes. So if you want to get kind of a basic foundation of our key communication tools or basic concepts that get referenced a lot, this is the place to be. So if this is your first time listening, you get a great foundation. Or if you're coming back, you can listen to these as a refresher course. Once you've made it through our list of fundamentals, then feel free to listen to the rest of our episodes in whatever order you like. Happy listening, and we hope you enjoy. Now, Sue Johnson, when she talks about the demon dialogues, she likens it to couples following the steps of a ballroom dance where the music, and in this case, the music being the content of the fight, the emotions that come up during the fight, that may change. But the choreography, the steps to the ballroom dance are ultimately the same. Welcome to the Multi-Amory Podcast. I'm Jace. I'm Emily. And I'm Dedeker. We believe in looking to the future of relationships, not maintaining the status quo of the past. So whether you're monogamous, polyamorous, swinging, casually dating, or if you just do relationships differently, we see you and we're here for you. On this episode of the Multi-Amory Podcast, we're talking about fight choreography. No, unfortunately, we're not talking about fake punches and sick stunts that people do on set. We're actually talking about the destructive cycles and patterns that are easy to fall into with a partner when you're in conflict. Like these patterns that show up when you fight. We'll be covering three of the most common patterns, how to recognize which fight choreography shows up most frequently in your relationship, and then go over some steps to turn things around and start solving conflict more productively. So conflict, we love it. It's been a while since we've done an episode on conflict, mm. I guess. Or do we talk about it all the time? It's hard to say. <laughs> What if we when I yeah, I think it's a mix of both. I know when I was writing this, I was like, oh, I feel like we've done like 25 kajillion episodes on conflict. But then in reality, our last one was quite a ways back. I yeah. don't know. With multi-amory episodes, they all they all occur at time in the same time in my brain. It's kind of like Absolutely. some weird kind of theory of the universe, like R right. all points in time are simultaneously day. occurring. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Listeners, you didn't realize this. So we actually record all of multi-amory inside a tesseract. So we're kind of existing at all. <laughs> All times at the same time. Wouldn't that be nice? Wow. I think, okay, I think looking at our backlog, our last episode that we did that was probably related to fighting or conflict was our repair shop episode, 234. Okay. It's been really? A little, little That's bit. a long time. Goodness. Like 40 yeah. episodes later? So, it's yeah. August of 2019. But oh my so, goodness. So especially if you, the listener, are in a situation where you're around the same people all the time, day in and day out, you might notice some of these fight choreography patterns coming up with those people, whether that is a romantic partner, a roommate, a best friend, a family member, something like that. It applies across all of those relationships. So to start out, let's go over what are some things that we know about conflict in relationships in general. It's going to happen. Super inevitable. 
And mm-hmm. that's okay because even healthy relationships have conflict. And in fact, 69% of conflict in relationships are based on unsolvable perpetual problems. That's from the Gottman Institute. Uh, we talked about that maybe in the repair shop episode yeah, or since yeah, then. Yeah, we did. In the repair yeah. shop episode, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Which that's a an amazingly high number, in my opinion, of uh, the the like these problems are just not ever going to be solved, and you have to figure out a way for that to be okay within your relationship if you're going to stay in that relationship. Yeah. Uh, so we also know that the communication patterns that we see growing up from the adults around us, from our caregivers, uh, combined with our past emotional baggage, our past trauma, as well as our individual attachment styles can influence how we respond to conflict in our modern day relationships. And I said modern day, like the <laughs> relationship you're in, you're, you're in today, not like a relationship of the future. Yeah. Right. One you'll be in in, you know, 2050 or something. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. So how do we see that in our current relationships, like our family of origin and the way maybe that we saw our parents fighting do we Ugh. see that in our current relationships because i certainly Emily. do yeah <laughs> I open up this can of worms i'm actually just, i mean to, to not go too deep on it right away i'm curious for the two of you when you were young do you like have memories of your parents or parental figures fighting or fighting with people other than you uh regularly because for me it was something that i definitely never saw when I was really young mm-hmm. and then saw a little bit when I was a little bit older and my parents were on their second marriages. But for me, it was like, well, they're all fucked by now anyway. You know, I was kind of <laughs> jaded about the whole thing at that point. Oh. <laughs> Jeez. So, so for me, like I definitely grew up with this association of fighting is like, cause that's things are shitty. You, you know, you've, you've already had a divorce. Clearly you don't know how to do relationships, I guess. And, and I mean, this is my, you know, goodness, 12 year old angry kid brain yeah. <laughs> upset about wow. my life being turned upside down. <laughs> understandable but what about for you what was what was your impression of adults fighting i uh, see that's funny because i i never grew up with two parents it was only one parent or my mother and my grandmother and they didn't fight but my grandmother saw my mother as such it's almost like a parental figure which is very backwards and weird huh. um mm-hmm. but yeah my grandmother kind of viewed my mother as her father and so she was she was very like submissive towards my mother because my mother's a very intense personality. And so I know for myself, like it's way harder for me in relationships with other women. It's hard for me to not want to be like, I'm sorry, I'm going to be submissive. I'm going to be this way because I have such strong female figures in my life. And um it's easy for me to tell off men, like, whatever, I'll fucking tell you whatever, that you're shitty and not doing well as a person. But with women, no way. I'm always like, I'm sorry, I'm the worst. Yikes. Sorry, I just like that. I have a note for you. You're not doing well as a person. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I never say that to people, but now wow. I just, I'll, I'll like tell oh, there's some people. Is. There's some people I could say that to. <laughs> sure, sure. That's amazing. Um, I mean, I guess for me, when I was very young, I grew up with the same thing of like not having two parents in the house, really, at least for the first few years of my life. You know, it was my mom and then I'd see my grandparents um, and my grandparents arguments, I guess, were 
I don't know. My grandparents very much uh, like if they really, truly had to have an argument, like they would take it away from everybody else and kind of hide behind closed doors. And I mean, I got to saw see I got geez, I got to see those um, like small solvable problems, you know, the like, well, we should have this for dinner. Well, I think we should have this for dinner. Well, why do you think, you know, like those kind of solvable problems of like we work through it and come to a solution. But I never really got to see, at least among my grandparents, um, the bigger perpetual problems um, until my mom got remarried. Also, um, mm. then I saw that all the time. It was it's great. <laughs> yeah. Well, so... So I don't know if you ended up with kind of the same association that I did of like, if you're fighting, that means it's bad, that this is a problem. And was that kind of what it was like for you? Yeah, it was it was definitely not not only just if you're fighting, this is a problem, but also if you're fighting, you are going for it. Like conflict is either zero mm. or 100, basically, wow. I think was what I, I got see. was was either it's not a problem um, or it's a drag out fight. Got it. Yeah. So I, I remember then later, you know, once I was maybe high school, college and beyond hearing from other people that saying that, oh, well, you know, fighting or conflict is healthy in relationships. And my parents always did that growing up, but it was never this vindictive bad thing. It was just like, that's mm -hmm. how they communicate. And so that's how I grew up. And that's how my partner and I do it. And to me, it still honestly is a little bit hard to wrap my brain around, but understanding that that can look very different. And I think part of the reason for that is about how we saw fighting be done because there's sort of a like vicious tear people down sort of fighting, like you were kind of mentioning Dedeker. And then there's, there's like the more sort of frustrated, passive aggressive until someone yells fighting, which is maybe what I saw more of growing up. And then there's, fighting that could be heated, could be raised voices, but that isn't destructive. And it's just interesting to kind of realize that there is this range, but that each of us might never experience the one that we're not part of because we just can't go there. Mm, right. Or sometimes you may have only seen like, again, those heated, really intense, destructive parts and never seen how your parents repaired or how your caregivers repaired. Yeah. Um, that's another thing is, I mean, sometimes they just don't, you know, sometimes you can just not see what the repair process looks like at all. Or it could be your parents did repair, but that was behind closed doors, mm -hmm. you know, when you weren't around or, it, you know, or you didn't notice because there weren't raised voices or things like that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, anyway, so before we dive too far deep into our own childhood traumas, um, I want to talk about this concept of fight choreography. So researchers and couples counselors and therapists have been trying to get to the bottom of relationship conflict for decades, like probably at least since the beginning of the 20th century, I would say like 1920s is when we first start getting people actually starting to research like what causes marital conflict and how do we resolve it. Um, so there's a lot, a lot of different theories floating out there. There's, of course, a lot of different theories that that motivate different approaches to couples therapy and couples counseling and things like that. And today we're going to be looking at just one of them. It's a concept that was introduced by Dr. Sue Johnson. Um, she's the creator of Emotionally Focused Therapy or EFT. She's also the author of the book Hold Me Tight, which I think a lot of people are familiar with. And I like to call this concept fight choreography. Sue Johnson calls it demon dialogues. And I'm like, whoa, slam on demons out of nowhere. Where'd that come from, Sue? Um, but 
You'll hear us kind of referring to those two things interchangeably, you know, either fight choreography, fight patterns, or demon dialogues like Sue calls them. Um, we also we, talked more about... Yeah. Could we take the best of both worlds and instead call them demon battles? Oh, I like Demon that. battles. It just... It, it, <laughs> my partner's playing... Um, uh, what is it? Doom right now, and uh, so that just reminds of me demons. of Doom. Yeah. Lots of demon battles <laughs> with actual demons, demons from hell. <laughs> right? Jeez. Um, so some of this content may be a little bit familiar today. We talked more about Sue Johnson's work in episode two twenty seven, specifically about pursuit and withdrawal patterns, and that's going to come into play again today as we talk about these. How you say demon battles? <laughs> <laughs> yes. So. Sue Johnson talks about three main demon dialogues that different couples fall demon into battles. when fighting. Yes, demon <laughs> battles, demon dialogues, fight choreography, whatever you want to call it. Uh, so, yeah, they fall into these three main categories regardless of the content of the fight, which is very interesting. So we don't want to say that, like, the content of the fight never matters. But what she is saying is that the majority of the time, the important part of the conflict is the subtext and the emotions that are underlying that dialogue. And Dedeker, I know yeah. you said there was a thing that happened recently. Well, well, just a case in point. I mean, on this show, we've talked about nothing fights before, quote unquote, mm-hmm. nothing oh, yeah. fights, you know, where it's like about the tiniest thing. Like I got into a fight with Alex a few weeks ago about whether or not the window shades should be up at a particular time in the bedroom. And it was it was like emotional. You know, oh, it was emotional. And and like there was no way in hell that it was about the window shade. Right. Right. You know, like it was so, so, so not about the window shade. And I think these things happen a lot. It can be a fight about chores. And maybe there is an element about it that is, hey, pragmatic. We do need to figure out how to get this chore done. But often underneath it are these deeper things of like, hey, are you taking me for granted? Are you listening Mm -hmm. to me? Do you care about what's important to me as far as like how our home is comfortable? You know, stuff like that. Um, Mm -hmm. Now, Sue Johnson, when she talks about the demon dialogues, she likens it to couples following the steps of a ballroom dance where the music, and in this case, the music being the content of the fight, the emotions that come up during the fight, that may change. But the choreography, the steps to the ballroom dance are ultimately the same. You know, like if you know West Coast Swing, even if the song changes, the ultimate base of the choreography does not change. You know, it's kind of the same set of moves just to a different kind of music. And that's kind of the metaphor that she uses to explain these ballroom demon battles. Yeah, it's interesting to use the analogy of something like ballroom dancing, where there's also sort of specific types of moves that if you know them, it's like one person cues it and then the other person knows how to respond. And that very much reminds me of the the fight thing where it's like one of us does the thing that always gets that response and then that gets the other thing and it just kind of like falls into this rut, like falls into this autopilot of just like, yep, here we go. Here we go. We're ramping up, ramping up, ramping up. We know how to do this. (laughs) <laughs> Mauricio, if you can find a convenient part in our episode to cut in like a little section of like ballroom blitz, that's not going to get any kind of copyright infringement. I feel like that's going to be the theme. <laughs> ballroom today. blitz. I love it. Ballroom blitz. Okay. <laughs> I know. I'm trying uh-huh. to remember who did that music. I never remember. I always think of the, t- I always think of the Tia Carrera version from Wayne's World. That's yeah. what sticks in my head. That's always yeah. what I think of too. Hell yeah. yeah. But Ooh, someone else boy, did the original version. Movie. Sweet. Um, okay. The band was called Sweet. That's Sweet. why none of us remembered it. 
No, I would have never have gotten that in a yeah. million years. <laughs> okay, right. kids. All right, kids. It's time. We're going to go through each of these uh, demon battles, demon dialogues, fight choreography. We're going to go through each of them one at a time. And uh, we're going to do that with the help of some professional actors that I've brought in for the day. Wow. Uh, may I'm I introduce so you to Emily, is it? Yeah, I, and that's my name. My professional name's Amelia, but sure. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. Yes, Amelia, Amelia, and uh, Jace. Jace, I believe it is. Jace yep. Lindgren. Yeah, that's correct. Yes. Happy to be okay. here. Okay, good. Yeah, I'm just really excited to have the two of you. Uh, these two actually are professional actors. Like, they got a resume and everything. You so. are a professional actor. I know. We're all professional actors. Okay. There you go. So what we're going to do, I'm going to have you to read this scene, do a dramatic reenactment. Um you know, just do what you want with it, like explore the space. Then we're going to end the scene and then we're going to talk a little bit about what was going on with this particular couple. OK, got it. All right. Can, can you, you can you sort of set, yeah? the, set the scene for us? Yes. OK, so interior. you're a couple. Yeah. <laughs> interior. Nine p.m. Seven o'clock at night. Oh, <laughs> Ooh, seven hey, o'clock. who's the director okay. here? Sorry, sorry. I'll, I'll shut up. <laughs> You're just the talent. You're right. Okay. <laughs> Freaking spoiled talent. Yeah. All right. Uh, interior. I'm going to say this couple is at home, having a date night at home. Okay. And uh, they've, uh, one of them has worked really hard. I'm going to say person A has worked really hard on uh, making dinner. You can and just call us by our names. It'd probably be easier. Okay, Emily has worked really hard at making dinner for date night tonight, and you've just sat down, started eating dinner, and then the scene begins. And action. Okay, you need to put your phone away when we're at dinner. Tonight's supposed to be date night, and that is really rude. Rude, you're the one who can't even watch a movie without without constantly texting your friends. I'm just taking care of work stuff. I had to leave my own work early so that I could cook dinner for date night because you weren't willing to do it. We can never have a date night without you bringing up some kind of problem. It's like I can't do anything right. And cut. All right. Well done. Well done, everybody. I love Jason. Like, you were so in your phone. You almost didn't do your line. <laughs> I was trying to You're that capture committed. that he sense of like, you got to finish the text acting. before you, you know. Right. Trying right. to make it he real. That committed, that committed to the role. Um, okay. Go. So what did y'all notice was going on in that conversation? What might be the steps of the dance that these two are following? I know it's a very short snippet of a conversation. It probably in reality would go on for much longer. But what was going on there? I mean, I pointed out immediately like a problem. It wasn't, you know, trying to ask a question or trying to say like, hey, I would really appreciate it if or something along those lines. Instead, I just like completely threw at him like you're doing something wrong right it's like you're, you're really being rude. rude yeah you're being rude right, yeah right right and then the response is to not like to completely change topics and instead be like but you do this other thing so you're actually the bad one yeah, really I'm, 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 I'm just normal you're the one who's bad totally and then i said again like well look at what i had to do look at this awesome thing that i did for you and i'm getting no respect and no love for it what the hell uh-huh and then and then my character at the end basically did the same thing of kind of like 
well, great. So we can never have a good date night because you always have to make it into a problem. And like, we can't even enjoy this. So it's just kind of both. <laughs> and then I ask, why are these two blame? people in a relationship? <laughs> right. Well, well yeah, you, you ask that, but that happens all the time. I no, mean, I feel this, like I've been uh, in something like I've, this. I've yeah. been well, in sure. this. Yeah, you totally. know, I've been in this conversation. I do feel like this approach, this particular demon battle, this is uh, what I saw the most of growing up. I think oh, really? was, yes, yeah, was a lot of kind of like attack, 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 you know, like, and especially the like, I'm going to defend myself by bringing up something wrong that you did, even if that was completely irrelevant or from like six weeks ago or whatever. And then the other person responds by, well, I'm going to bring up something wrong that you did that was completely irrelevant to this conversation at six weeks ago, you know, and then we just kind of go back and forth. Yeah, they're almost switch tracking. It yeah, is kind of a true. form of switch tracking. Yeah, this yeah. is... um yeah, this is 100% at least one of my parents, if not several of them. But like this was their tactic. Was <laughs> several always. of your several like 75 your... different parents. <laughs> oh, so many parents. Seriously. Well, you know, mom and stepdad and dad and stepmom. Um, mom and stepdad and stepdad. And mom. dad. Yeah. You have three dads, Jace. Just... Yeah. <laughs> I know. But stepdad, stepdad 2.0 didn't enter the picture until so recently. I All my, all my baggage was done by them. <laughs> It's already been, been it's packed wrapped by up then. in a nice little bow. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. It, it. I didn't feel good during this. It was very sad. Aww. It's hard Aww. to like. Yeah, just to constantly blame your partner because it seems so cyclical and like nobody's going to get anything done ever. No, nothing like is going to be resolved because you're just like going back and forth. Right, and that they're kind of both right from the start, putting each other in a position where there's no way to diffuse this. There's no way to move on. It's like just throwing back and forth. Well, you're bad. And it's sort of like the only way that person could not just like throw that back at you then is to be like, yeah, I'm terrible. And then that's kind of weird. I've done that before. So that leads us to the name of this dance slash demon battle, which is quote, find the bad guy. I will. Okay. I do have a, I have a note. I have a note here for Sue Johnson. A note for, for Sue? For Sue. Excuse me, Sue. Uh, I, I okay. have a note for the writer. <laughs> a little note, yeah. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, I, I appreciate that the names she's given to each of these, and you'll see as we go, that they're, they do try to make it clear what the fight is doing, but they're just not good names for dances. You know, if we're going to say this is a dance... <laughs> Find the bad, the bad guy. guy find the bad guy. That's a terrible name for a dance, you know? Bad guy boogie? That's Ooh, better. That's good. Okay. That's so, great. This is what is now known as the bad guy boogie, previously known as find the bad guy. <laughs> Multi-emory, so, just improving on other people's content since 2014. Yeah, we're not even like doing much other than just changing the name, but it's an improvement, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so bad guy boogie. Here's what defines it. Both partners are on the attack. They're throwing blame and criticism at each other. And it's this attempt to pin one or the other person as the real bad guy uh, under the false assumption that once you can just get them to admit that they're the bad guy, then it's all solved. And unfortunately, as we kind of saw and as Emily brought up, it felt yucky even doing it pretend wise. Uh, is that this choreography can cause a lot of wounds and hurt feelings and kind of really dig you into a situation you can't get out of because the irony is that even if you succeed, then great. Now you're in a relationship with the bad guy. 
Like yeah. <laughs> there's no there's no good outcome here. Yeah. Yeah. Something that Sue Johnson points out also is that this particular dynamic, the bad guy Boogie, um, at least according to her, she says this is hard to maintain over time. Like it's hard mm. to maintain that this kind of same both of us attacking each other for a long period of time. Um you know, her theorizing being that, like, it takes a lot of energy and it is very harmful and wounding and mm. really difficult to deal with. And often this is, a, you know, this is a, an escalation that sometimes will occur at the end of a fantastically toxic relationship that's about to explode. Um, mm. Or more often, sometimes a fight may start here and then may adjust into kind of the next demon battle, dialogue, dance, choreography, boogie, whatever you want to call it, um, which is more likely to be um, sustainable in a bad way over a long period of time. So let's move on to the second scene, shall we? Just real quick, in the spirit of renaming things to make them better, now I'm realizing that we've created a problem by calling them demon battles, but then naming them like they're dances. So <laughs> here, here we go. Hear me, so are you going to name Okay. We're just, instead of demon battles, they're going to be demon dance battles, like West Side Story style. <laughs> dance uh, right? Okay. Like, um, right. like oh, in I'm... Scott Pilgrim. Mm, yes. Yeah. They yeah. dance in Scott Pilgrim? Am I making that they up? Just, they just play music. It's just music battles. Uh, yeah, I think. I think it's just music battles. Okay. Um, no, I, Jace, I think the title of this episode is now Demon Dance Battles. Demon Dance. Okay, um, perfect. I'm erasing where I called it fight choreography and I'm calling it Demon Dance Battles. Okay. <laughs> Everyone's going to see that in their podcast feed and go. Huh? <laughs> They're going to be like, the hell? That's <laughs> fine. All right. What's the okay. next dance battle? Yes. Let's move on to that. So, okay, let me set the scene. So the scene is, yes, the two of you are at home. Um, Where else would we be? Come on. <laughs> I know. It's like the extent uh, of my imagination these days. The two fine. of you are at home. Uh, Emily, you're chilling out with your switch. Yeah. Um, just mm. kicking back okay. and Jace, you've, you've been hanging out at your computer working on some stuff and then you enter the room to talk to Emily yes and action can we talk about this credit card bill that just came in we have to figure out if there are any of these expenses that we can cut out for next month oh the the last month wasn't really a regular month for us it's it's going to be better next month I really don't think that you need to worry this much about it why are you avoiding this? You can't just bury your head in the sand and expect it'll all get taken care of. You need to be responsible, too. Okay, I really don't want to talk about this right now. Don't walk away from me. This is important. We need to talk about it. <laughs> and, and scene. Wow, Cut. okay. <laughs> Good foley work, Jace. Thank you. Yeah, I really wanted to sort of bring the listeners into the scene. With I know, you were like a credit card statement that you're like waving around. I know, I was like, what's happening? What is he doing? Where is he going? <laughs> I didn't actually okay. get up and walk away, but I did in my heart. Yes, yeah. All right, so what were we doing there? I was being like super just avoidant. I was avoiding you all over the place. <laughs> right. Yeah. And then I think yeah. that it's like I was trying to bring something up and your response was to just sort of discount it like it's not Don't even a real concern. It. Don't worry about it. And then my response was to jump to like accusations then of like you can't oh, just like ignore it. You're like jumping pretty far. I You're think, irresponsible. To, right. Exactly. Essentially saying you're irresponsible. And then, and yeah. then I guess it just kind of, and then that drove you all the way out the door. <laughs> I'm like, I'm leaving. Me I'm and out. my switch are going. 
(laughs) (laughs) Right. So again, this is just a tiny snippet. It's probably likely in reality that this conversation could last a lot longer before ultimately resulting in Emily being like, okay, I'm out. You know, I can't talk about this right now. Things like that. Um, Okay. Uh, So it matches up to a pursuit and withdrawal pattern, which we covered much more in depth in episode 227. Some therapists and researchers also call it demand withdrawal. Now, Hmm. Sue Johnson... And Jace, I feel like you're going to be upset at this with the naming conventions, but Sue Johnson calls this the protest polka. It's brilliant. Actually, yeah, I don't really? mind it, actually. I'm, I'm all right this with is that. The one, but it works. The one that I, it's a polka. It's a polka. It's a, yes. <laughs> it's right there. It's a maybe music. I, it's a dance. It's fine. Okay, sure. Maybe if I knew more about how a polka works, maybe it would give me a better idea in my head. of. I, I have no idea what a polka looks like, but... It works. I guess what I like about calling it find the bad guy is that it gives me more of a sense of like in my brain. I'm like, okay, I know exactly what's going on and what the motivations are. The protest polka. I'm like, I don't know how a polka works. What is there a lot of pursuing and then withdrawing? I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, okay. Yeah. Uh, If you're trying to like incorporate that into the dance part, but that's because what was our other one? It was the, the bad guy boogie. Yeah, but it's, it's, does a boogie. It just needs to have yeah, alliteration. That's all that matters. Yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. Okay. Well, just and that like bad guys are the ones who say like, "Come on, let's boogie." Uh, <laughs> the protest polka. I don't mind it. But what would you think about? Because it's a little bit weird. Because it's the protest polka, but like it seems to me like it's defined more by the withdrawing. So it could be like the withdrawal well, waltz. Oh. Maybe I, I think that puts a little bit of the emphasis on the wrong place because oh, oh. like what's going on in this pursuit withdrawal pattern is, you know, one partner is putting their energy toward their partner in the form of demands, attacks, criticisms or ple- just straight up pleading, you know, pleading or prodding, things mm. like that. Um, the other partner is moving their energy and focus and attention away from their partner by defending, withdrawing, hiding, or numbing. Um, and it's the cyclical thing. The more the pursuer demands and attacks, the more the withdrawer wants to defend and pull away, and vice versa. The more the withdrawer pulls away, the more the pursuer pursues and demands and attacks. And it's just constant. Um, something I wanted to point out in this particular dialogue is that when we think of withdrawing, we think of things like what Emily did in the scene of like looking away, walking away, walking into the other room, shutting down the conversation, things like that. Um, What also counts as a withdrawal behavior, as in behavior that takes your energy and focus and attention away from your partner are things like getting super logical and rational. Um, So like the fact that Emily pointed out like, oh yeah, well last month it wasn't a regular month for us and it's going to be better next month. You know, um, like super logical, but doesn't really address like Jace's concerns of like, hey, I'm worried about money and I'm worried about what happened, you know, um, combined with also the behavior of minimizing, like in this, you know, Emily said, oh, yeah, I really don't think you need to worry about this this much. Like that's also withdrawal behavior, like because it takes mm-hmm. your attention away from your partner's distress and worry. And, um, you yeah, know, yeah, and you, don't often- need to, you don't need to be so upset about it. Yeah, yeah all, <laughs> exactly. Fine. Exactly. And I think this is so hard because I know the way that I've been in the past, the way I see a lot of clients react in the past sometimes is that we confuse comfort with logicking someone out of their problem or their worry, you know? And I think this is why it becomes so important to talk about Triforce stuff, you know, T2, T3, stuff like that. Is Mm -hmm. that like sometimes you can think like, well, if I just sit here and tell this my partner 
all the reasons why they don't need to worry, maybe maybe that will help for them. Maybe they really are like, I need someone to like bounce off and just think about and just tell me that it's going to be okay. But chances are, it's probably not. That's probably not what they were going for is to be told that like, logically, they shouldn't have a problem or shouldn't have a worry. Yeah, yeah, that it, it's interesting because it's in both cases, those would be Triforce 3, which is, you know, looking for a solution to a problem. But it's like, I want to solve one problem and you think I'm trying to solve a different problem, which is the fact that I'm worrying as opposed to I'm trying to solve the problem of, hey, we're spending too much money on this credit card. So it's, yeah, that's, that is an interesting sort of a, a different way that you can screw up and, and not meta communicate effectively. Yeah, definitely. And, and it's also the kind of thing where, you know, Emily kind of shutting down, like, I don't want to talk about this right now. On the one hand, that can be done in a healthy way, like with taking a halt, right? Or with communicating like, hey, this is a bad time. Hey, can we talk about this this at another time? Hey, let me go take 20 minutes. Right. You know, but it can also be done in this very unhealthy way of just like, I'm shutting down. I don't care. I'm walking away, you know? And I find that like, when people have issues with halt, like have a problem with incorporating it or feel really um, hesitant to incorporate it, I think it's because it becomes like this kind of like a pursuit withdrawal issue is that mm. like like it's being felt like the halt to the pursuer like the halt feels like you're withdrawing you know and with the withdrawal right. maybe the way they're using the halt is like this escape button like panic button you know to get away from the pressure like that's what i suspect is often going on and what i feel like i see often with couples that i work with where halt uh is not um is not working very well for them that makes yeah. a lot of sense Something we've talked about with Halt before is the importance of kind of having a clear plan of when you're going to come back to it so that it doesn't feel like it's just this way to not have the conversation and then ignore it. Uh, and I know that this one for me, actually, this this um, <laughs> the protest polka, that's what it was. The protest polka to me is this is the one that I think I most resonate with actually in terms of i've definitely been in relationships before it's kind of been a while but where my reaction would be to get very tired like that was sort of the way that my body would be trying to withdraw was just like i would suddenly be so tired and they these would usually happen in the evening too so that would be part of it but it's like that that was sort of my body just kind of shutting down and being like i can't i can't do this i can't handle this i don't know what to do with this and Something that I think would have been a good tool that I didn't have back then was kind of like setting a specific time to talk about it or having something like radar, you know, having like a regular time in place to do it. That's not having to like dance around and wait till someone ambushes you. And then it's like, ah, I, I can't deal with this right now. Yeah, definitely. Are we ready for the final scene, the final demon dance battle? Okay. So it's... All right. <laughs> okay. Um... Let's see. It's uh, how am I going to set the scene here? Uh, guess what? You're at home, <laughs> and uh, of course, uh huh. Gosh, I had. Let's see. Emily's hanging out. She's not on her switch though. She's in the middle of getting the dishes done. Uh, and... Also, a thing that I would be doing these days, like every yeah. day. Yeah, mm-hmm. we um, don't have a dishwasher. Who boy, it's it's tough out there from a dishwasher (laughs) lady yeah um and jace walks into the room and starts the conversation i kind of want to go check out that new pop-up store down the block 
Mm, it's not really my scene. I've got stuff that I need to get done around the house, but I guess we could go take a look if you really want to. <sighs> no, I should go finish cleaning up the yard. And then we see them go their separate ways, and we fade to credits. And wow. scene. <laughs> So what, what's okay. going on? What's going movie? on here? What's Jeez. this choreography? Yeah, it's a very short, very short scene. Well, what what did y'all notice? I mean, both of us like wanted to do different things. I think I was like super passive aggressively, being like, "You didn't freaking help me again," mm. and I yeah, am doing a lot of things for the house that you're not helping with. So, but you want to go to do something fun. And yeah. I guess I yeah. can do it if you want, but I need to get stuff done. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I noticed um, Jace deflating a lot, but not really, uh, I don't know, like kind of making the invitation. And then when it was rejected, just kind of deflating and just kind of giving up, you know, hence the like, oh, well, I'm not even going to go. I'll, I'll go like finish cleaning up the yard or whatever. And right. you know, like, this is the short, this is a short conversation because after this, like they don't, they probably don't spend the rest of the day really talking to each other, interacting with each other that much. Wow. Right. Cause I, yeah. Cause I got to go out to the yard and she's gonna, I guess, clean more things. I don't know. <laughs> uh, it It's interesting. Cause it also, like I can relate to this feeling of whether or not you're even being that productive or have that much to do do there's always that you can get into this mind state of like i've just got so much to do i can't see the end of it i just feel like i'm buried under a pile of stuff to do i i often feel this way uh and it is kind of hard to pull yourself out of that to do something fun or to like enjoy something when you're in that in the middle of that kind of way of thinking or being frustrated about life yeah yeah so this particular demon battle is what sue johnson calls flight and freeze i'm gonna upgrade that by calling it the flight and freeze flash dance wow. and- okay cool <laughs> so cool. we're gonna throw water all over ourselves at the end get frozen on a chair and- yeah. yeah okay yeah. <laughs> and then and then are frozen okay got it so this is characterized by both partners turning away withdrawing the energy with both of them is ultimately going away from their partner uh there can be a lot of tension and avoidance of actually talking about topics yeah but i find it really interesting that there also can be like a lot of politeness surrounding this and very little what we would may deem like as fighting or what normal fighting looks like to us right like you could look at this and go oh wow look at how civilly they manage their disagreement and like no fighting great yeah but that doesn't actually mean that things are healthy because in reality both partners may have emotionally withdrawn from one another long ago and so they're just like you know not gonna go there conflict's unproductive it's easier to not even engage with that in the first place and so there may be a lot of distancing a lot of numbing a lot of losing hope again maybe at the end of a relationship here yeah, I could kind of see this one as the extension after the protest polka, where it's like the pursuit and withdraw, and eventually the pursuer kind of just gives up. It's not worth it. And so then it's like, okay, yeah, never mind. I'll just do something. 
something else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, I know Sue Johnson points out that this is like she sees this a lot in like long term marriages where like the fighting stopped years ago. But that doesn't mean that it's been like a healthy, fulfilling, life giving relationship. It's just been like we're roommates who are figuring it out together, right. you know. Um, and yeah, the thing you'll notice from the scene is the fact that it's like. These could have like it's kind of like that there could have been a fight here, you know, or or a disagreement or an argument or some kind of engagement. Like when Jace invites Emily to go check out the new pop up store and she refuses, like it could have been a like, oh, my God, you never want to do things with me. I'm really sad. This really hurts me. Like it could have been something. And same with Emily of being like, I've got stuff to get around the house to get done around the house. And maybe even implying help. (laughs) I could use some help. And like, why are you leaving me right now? Instead of her even being willing to have that fight even it's just kind of like both people are just like resigned you know and so even though there's no fight that happened it doesn't mean that that means they result in a really nice way yeah totally yeah all right so we want to go on and we're going to break down kind of what's really going on here as well as talk about some counter spells as we like to call it um, some kind of some ways, <laughs> Alohomora, Expelliarmus, <laughs> to stop the to stop the demon dance battles. But before we get to that, we want to take a quick moment to talk about some ways that you can help support this show if this is something that's helpful to you, and if this is something you're getting value out of and want to help spread to more people. All right. So what's going on underneath all of these various dance battles? Has so anyone much. noticed? Yeah. Any kind of common themes though of what happens? I mean, that they're not, none of the fights are really about the thing that they're talking about. It's really kind yeah. of about one person wanting to engage with the other and the other not, or maybe both just kind of wanting to feel better by blaming the other person. Or I guess there's sort of different ways that go about it, but it is this kind of, they all have sort of a pushing away kind of feel to them. I was going to say that, too, that, yeah, it's all like nobody's going towards each other. Everyone's mm. just going away from each other and very upset and very it, people end up like feeling very alone. Mm. Yeah. The end result of all of these dances is that people feel hurt and alone. Um, yeah. And a really important part of the theory that drives emotionally focused therapy is this idea that we attach to our partners in very much the same way that we attach to our parents and caregivers when we're young. Um, We've talked about attachment theory before on the show. If you're not familiar with attachment theory, go Google it. You'll find a billion kajillion resources for talking about that. But what's interesting is Sue Johnson doesn't just make the argument of like, oh, yeah, your attachment style that you made in childhood influences your relationship. She makes the argument of like, no, 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 you attach to your partner and look to them for comfort and reassurance and security almost in the same exact way that you did to your parents when you were very young. The difference being that as an adult, you know, you're not looking for them to like necessarily feed you or clothe you or things like that. But you are looking for that same sense of like safety and comfort. So that means that generally people are more anxious, attached, might be more likely to have pursuit behaviors, which makes sense. And then avoidant attached people might be more likely to have withdrawal behaviors. But that's not true 100 percent of the time. But that tends to be the pattern that happens over and over again. Yeah. So overall, what we want, we, we as people, not not just the three of us, but overall what we want is to feel safe, to feel comforted, secure when we're with our partners, 
and withdrawing, minimizing, attacking, blaming, and the whole host of other behaviors we were talking about that show up in these demon dance battles can cause a break in that attachment, which leaves us not feeling safe, comforted, and secure, and then leaves us resorting to those same bad behaviors in this attempt to secure the relationship again, or in the avoidant case, in this attempt to like, well, I didn't need you anyway, because you're bad, the kind of some way of like, we want to regain our feeling of safety and comfort. But unfortunately, it's just like bad behaviors on top of bad behaviors. Well, with the avoiding and withdrawing, um, that actually is a relationship preserving tactic, because often the idea is I need to take myself away so that my partner stops criticizing me, stops seeing how bad I am, stops going after me, and therefore I can keep the relationship intact. You know, Mm -hmm. so if I just take myself out of the equation, then the relationship will still be there. Yeah, I guess I was thinking about the bad guy boogie of the kind of like going on the attack right away is sort of like... I don't know. I don't know. I guess it's like, well, if you're going to criticize me, I've got to criticize you, too, because then otherwise maybe I'm not worthy of you or something. I'm not quite sure what the thinking is, but I know I've been there before. Mm. So we want to move on to some counter spells. Let's talk about ways that we can avoid doing this or if we find ourselves back in a similar loop, how we can maybe work to get out of it. And the first one is something that we talk about a lot on the show in various ways, uh, metacommunication. So if you can name it, you can tame it. Is that, is that ours? Did we come up with that? Or did you come did up with that? No, I Googled I did not come up with it. I Googled it and... Um, some like multiple people have tried to take credit for it, but as from what I've seen, it's shown up in a many, many different spheres and kind of slightly different phrasing. So it's not ours, but I'm going to make the bold decision that it doesn't belong to anybody. Okay, <laughs> cool. Great. It belongs to everybody then. <laughs> yes. Uh-huh. <laughs> so recognizing this shared dance style that you and your partner have is the first major step to taming this thing that you do. Uh, And you can share this info with your partner. So maybe not during a time where you two are like in a heated conversation or in the middle of one of these fights, but talk about the patterns that you're seeing and maybe which one of these seems the most familiar, what you find yourself falling into over and over again. Now, I suppose if you did find yourself like really going down one of these tracks into one of these demon dance battles and you were like, oh my gosh, we're doing the bad guy boogie demon dance battle. That would stop the conversation at least while they go, what the fuck are you talking about? (laughs) Yeah, that's true. I mean, hopefully, hopefully it would be like humorous enough and fun enough. Right. The partner that doesn't know what the heck they're talking about would be like, oh, okay, what? Let's elaborate here. Yeah. But yeah, better better to talk about this not in the heat of things. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, So I I think this could be a great episode to listen to together with a Mm. partner, you know, and have a conversation afterwards about like, wow, which one of those felt the most familiar? Um, I think what's important to bear in mind is like when you're metacommunicating about this is something that's fundamental to this is that you and your partner start to look at this demon dance battle as like, Ooh, this is a thing that happens that's outside of ourselves. Like that's the problem. Let's find ways to not do that. As opposed to in the middle of the fight and you're like, you're starting up the demon dance battle. You're doing this pursuing thing. Like, stop that. This is all your fault. You know, to go along with one of our favorite phrases on multi-amory, don't weaponize this shit. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 Um, so, You can also 
have a counterspell of taking this a little bit more granular if you want. Um, if you're listening to this and one of these particular scenes stood out to you, like, whoa, that totally sounds like what I go through with my partner. That's great. You know, start looking into that, start doing research on this. You can also go even more in depth. So there are a lot of EFT therapists out there who have variations on worksheets and exercises uh, to help you find the specifics about your own custom demon dance battle. And so we're going to give you just a condensed version of several exercises. So of course, feel free, go out, research. You know, there's a lot of worksheets and stuff out there. Um, don't Google demon dance battle, <laughs> Google demon dialogues. <laughs> That's De- what it's actually dialogue. supposed okay. to be called. Okay. <laughs> yes. Until we like, probably TM, find some... TM that or right. something. Exactly. <laughs> Until we find a way to just really rehash it and prove it enough that it's a different enough product that we can then right. TM, 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 Demon Dance Battles. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So step number one. Um, generally, I call this counterspell mapping the choreography or mapping the Demon Dance Battle. So step number one is that both you and your partner are going to sit down You're both separately going to make a list of the behaviors that you do individually. So you're going to make a list of your own behavior, not a list of your partner's behavior, but a list of your own behavior uh, that turn your energy and attention towards your partner during conflict, as well as a list of what behaviors turn your energy and attention away from your partner during conflict. Um, So this can be super simple to do. Uh, There's you can fill in the blank to this sentence, which is. When things are not going right between us, I move my energy and attention towards you by blank. And so that can be things like pointing out your mistakes, leveling blame on you, insisting on making my point, becoming angry and blowing up, prodding at you or pleading, following you when you leave the room, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So that can be multiple behaviors. It can maybe you can only come up with one, you know, whatever. And then you're also going to make this list of the behaviors that move energy away. So when things are not going right between us, I move my energy and attention away from you by blank. And that can be things like zoning out, walking away, freezing, becoming hyperlogical, minimizing your concerns, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So both of you two are going to sit down, take a little time, uh, fill in the blanks of that exercise, come up with a list of behaviors, and then you're going to move on to step number Two. All right. Step number two is to then take these lists and identify the most common behaviors and see if you can match them up with each other's to uncover what your most used choreography is. So it would look something like this. When things are not going right between us, the more I blank, the more you blank, and then the more I blank and the dance begins. Do 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 do. So <laughs> yeah, is Mario. I was I, this one. Okay, I know this is absurd, and if you're having a hard time in a relationship, this might be challenging to do. But it did make me think you could actually choreograph a little real life dance that goes along with this to sort of lighten the mood, mm-hmm. where you sort of you both put in you know kind of your you're like your right hands toward each other and sort of turn that way. So you're, and you, you shake know, it all about facing toward each other, and it's like so the more I whatever they put their hand in, and then. They say, so you the make more like a I, secret handshake whatever. out of this? Yeah, yeah. Hold on. So hear me out. Right. So I, I <laughs> put out my right hand and I say, the more I uh, point out your mistakes and then you would put your right hand against mine and then you would <laughs> the say, more the, you the more I get uh, defensive. Yeah. Right. <clears throat> and then I would and then I would say, 
the more I, and we kind of go up and like touch hands toward each other. You know, it's like both of our hands are touching each other now and we're facing each other with our hands in front of us. And then I say, and the more I become angry and blow up. And then we both sort of push back and do strike a pose and say, and the demon dance battle begins. I know so that was like without video, that's hard to convey, but I hope you kind of get the idea. Oh, we saw it, Jace. We saw we it. We saw it. We got to enjoy that. So what's what's your thinking behind also attaching literal choreography to this? Humor. Humor, yeah. I, I find humor <laughs> okay. for something like this where it's scary to be vulnerable. It can give you a little bit of a and just physically moving often can help from feeling so like trapped and stuck in in something in a behavior. That's true. And I mean, it so, just says, and the dance battle begins at the end like, and the demon dance battle begins. I mean, how could you not? How could you not <laughs> choreograph that? Provided that then you don't actually continue the demon dance battle. <laughs> yeah, right. That would be, that would be yeah. unfortunate and kind yeah. of, yeah, and right. not the point of this conversation. Right. Uh, so we have a step three here, and that is to, together with your partner, come up with a way to name your choreography as well as an agreed upon way to warn each other when it's happening. So maybe it can be what you did, what Jace just did there. Make a little dance and do the hanky panky and twist it all about. Um, especially That's if not, you. Emily, I think you mixed <laughs> up a few things there. The hanky panky is not. No, wait. You put your left foot in, you put your left That's foot the in. That's the hanky panky. Damn it. Not the hanky panky. No, the hanky panky is something different. <laughs> I said, my baby does the hanky-panky. Anyway, please continue. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Fine. Um, but create a silly name. It can be the hanky-panky or the hokey-pokey or whatever you want. And that's like your the name of your dance. And then you can choreograph it as well. Um, but also agree upon what will happen when one of you or when both of you calls out the dance. So are you going to like halt it up? Or are you going to hug each other? take three deep breaths like go to other sides of the room for a second whatever but maybe agree upon doing something just so you can get out of the habit of doing this pattern over and over again yeah in our communication hacks dlc bonus pack whatever we called that episode a while back <laughs> we talked about Triforce communication was dlc and i don't know what boost booster pack oh, this right? was the booster pack yeah booster the, pack the communication booster pack anyway one of the things we talked about in that was microscripts and the importance of microscripts is it's something often a little bit silly maybe it rhymes or something that you've agreed upon beforehand so that in the moment you can kind of fall back onto this set phrase or this set thing so that then it's not just like, what are you trying to do? Or you're like, your intentions aren't getting misinterpreted. It's like, oh, yeah, right. We agreed on that together, that that's our thing. And then here it, it could even be a physical thing. Like, like Emily mentioned, a hug. It could be that like, whoa, we're fighting and you just gave me a hug. Oh, right. That's our cue to remember, like, we want to be in this other. together. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And something important to bear in mind is that I think that at this point, it can be really easy to also fall into, okay, well, we recognize our demon dance battle and we know how to call it out, but then we can still kind of level blame at each other of like, well, you started it this time. We're like, well, mm -hmm. I wouldn't have gone to the other room if you hadn't started up by doing this. And something that Sue Johnson points out that I think is really um, clever and important is that this is a circle. And if you look at a circle, there's no single point on a circle where you can point to and be like, oh yeah, that's where the circle started, you know? Um, 
And so just bear that in mind to, you know, if you do get into a habit with your partner of being able to call it out or being able to be like, oh, hey, we're doing this thing again to hopefully avoid the temptation to be like, oh, and it's your fault, you know, because then you're just back in the dance again. The dance totally. battle begins. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes, Jess. All right. So let's review the three main demon dance battle choreographies that we talked about. So the first one is the find the bad guy boogie. So this is the one where you're both just leveling attacks or accusations at each other, trying to convince the other one that they're the bad guy. The next one is the protest polka. Congratulations, Sue Johnson. You got one of your names to stick. <laughs> protest well polka, which is the pursuit and withdraw pattern where one is coming after the other for engagement about something and the other is just trying to minimize it or discount it or, or leave or just sort of not have the conversation. And then the third one is the freeze and flee flash dance. That's really, that's a tricky one to say. The freeze and flee flash dance. Uh, and this one, yells. Yeah. And this one is the mutual withdrawing. This is the, oh, we tried to engage. No, 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 this. Okay, no. And then we walk away. Often in an attempt to avoid getting into a fight, but we're not engaging either. I have a note that I completely forgot to put in at the beginning of all this, but that's the fact that you probably have experienced all three of these patterns, maybe even in one relationship, or they could change depending on the topic, depending on the circumstances, or depending on the partner. You may have a particular pattern or demon dance battle that you do with one partner that's totally different with another partner. Chances are there's one part, there's one pattern that you find yourself defaulting to more often than others, but just bear that in mind as well, is that it may not always be the same exact one. Uh, we do recommend learning more about this, doing some more research on this. You can check out Sue Johnson's book, Hold Me Tight. I highly recommend it. Um, there's more in-depth info about all of this, as well as some exercises that you can do and specific conversations that you can have with your partner about this. So for our bonus episode today for our Patreon subscribers, we're going to be talking about a helpful acronym to help you remember the best ways to tune into your partner during moments of conflict, a helpful acronym that, you know, once you've recognized, ooh, we're in our demon dance battle, that can help give you a clue of like, ooh, here's what we can do next. So we want to hear from all of you listening. What did you think about this episode? Was there a particular demon dance battle that resonated with you? Does any of this seem familiar with you? Have you done exercises like this with your partner before where you've mapped out your choreography? Have you come up with a really cool dance name and you can't wait to share it with us? We want to hear about that. The best place to share your thoughts with other listeners is on this episode's discussion thread in our private Facebook group or Discord chat. You can get access to these groups and you can join our exclusive community by going to patreon.com slash multiamory. In addition, you can share with us publicly on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. You can email us at info at multiamory.com. Multiamory is created and produced by Jace Lindgren, Emily Matlack, and me, Dedeker Winston. Our episodes are edited by Mauricio Balvanera. Our social media wizard is Will McMillan. Our production assistants are Rachel Schenewerk and Carson Collins. Our theme song is Forms I Know I Did by Josh and Anand from the Fractal Cave EP. Full transcript is available on this episode's page on multiamory.com. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. 
Chumba. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.